This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time, 12.03. It's great to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Take a look at the mixed markets and see what's going on. MasterCard is putting out a new feature. It will allow you to gauge your carbon footprint based on what you buy with your credit card. Coinbase has become the first major crypto business to go public. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the latest report on import prices could mean more inflation. Paul Christopher is here, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute based in St. Louis. Uh, Paul, uh, can I give us an idea of what's going on with import prices here and what it may mean? So we're still suffering really from the effects of COVID here. Supply chains shut down last year. And because of the ongoing restrictions, you still have a lot of factories that are closed around the world. Uh, And because of the rapid growth and demand for, let's say, physical goods, stoves, refrigerators, cars, instead of services, there's just been an extremely large amount of demand versus supply. So you're going to see prices go up. Uh, You've seen prices of lumber, for example. If you've been to the hardware store, those have gone up. Import prices going up here, too. We don't think this represents some sort of new shift back to the 70s and high and rising inflation. It's probably temporary due to the uh, sort of supply chain issues. When it comes to those prices and the increases, really not something that can be absorbed by manufacturers or retailers. In some way, they're going to pass that along to customers, right? Yes, to some extent, but there's still a lot of competition out there. And again, think about the 70s. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have uh, what we call price discovery or the ability to find cheaper prices online. So that's still a very strong source of price competition. We think manufacturers will eat part of the cost and make it up on volume. We still like stocks here. We think earnings do well this year. But yes, some prices are going to go up uh, by at least a little bit. And as far as a recovery, I'm just wondering if you think that'll have any kind of an impact on the economic growth that that we're starting to see here, or with with people feeling better, a lot of people getting back to work, will, will it really have a negligible impact? It will have a noticeable impact. You'll see it when you go shopping for furniture, when you go shopping for appliances, for cars, for heaven's sakes. Uh, But uh, it's really not much more than a headwind because the demand for for spending is still still so strong. Uh, And and eventually that will shift over into services as people feel more comfortable going on cruises again, going to restaurants. And so some of that spending will shift from goods to services, and that will ease some of the pressures. Again, we think this is probably a 12- to 18-month phenomenon, not a multiple-year phenomenon. What do you expect it to do? You touched on this already, but when it comes to imports, for example, from China, any impact there or, or maybe not really? Not really, except insofar as if you order something today from that has to be shipped from China, there may be unusually long delays, and you might see some higher prices 
for those kinds of goods, but they'll eventually get here. And, and, and again, to, to, to reemphasize, we think this is a temporary phenomenon. It's not going to be out, uh, out muscled by the strong spending we see in the economy. And companies are going to make up on volume what they have to eat on price, we think. Really great insight. Thanks so much, Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Just ahead, it is coming out day for cryptocurrency in America. It's a huge day for cryptocurrency in America with the company Coinbase going public today, and it's not doing it via the traditional IPO route. We welcome Jeff Kilberg, CEO of KKM Financial here in Chicago. Uh, Jeff, first off, kind of give us a little primer here. What is Coinbase? What do they do? Sure, Cisco. Well, what a watershed day for cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin itself, but Coinbase, Coinbase, you think of the, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange. That's what Coinbase is, but it's a startup. It's actually started in 2012 in San Francisco. It allows people to buy and sell around 90 different cryptocurrencies. The company's got about 2,000 employees and about 56 million verified users. So this is the first major cryptocurrency startup to go public, and you're correct. It's not an IPO. It's actually a direct listing, which is just a little bit of a nuance. But nonetheless, we are awaiting Coinbase's first trade. The indicated price right now is $380. So that is much higher than anticipated, and this actually values Coinbase at $100 billion. Now, I put it in context really quickly. Goldman Sachs, one of the most historic and best investment banks in the world for decades upon decades, is worth about $117 billion. So this newcomer, there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement, and certainly it is being utilized or looked at as a proxy to the price of Bitcoin, which is trading about 63500 is it is it warranted? You know, that, that kind of a value, I guess that's what all the analysts are trying to figure out, whether it is the wave of the future, get on the bandwagon, it is worth it, or whether there's just some irrational exuberance here. I'm a big believer in cryptocurrencies. Uh, I think this is a proxy. This is a bridge. You are not buying and owning an individual cryptocurrency. You're actually owning an exchange that allows for the trading of cryptocurrencies. So is it lofty? Is it potentially a little bit uh, higher than anticipated? Yes, absolutely. But this is the first first company to come to the market in cryptocurrency. So it's certainly going to be applauded. A lot of people out there are looking for some type of exposure. And if you put it in context for actual Bitcoin, Remember, this is not Bitcoin. This is an exchange that allows folks to trade Bitcoins. But there's only 21 million Bitcoins out there. There's 46 million millionaires in the United States. So with that math, I went to the University of Notre Dame, and my math teacher would be proud of me. Right there alone, Cisco, we know that all 46 million millionaires in the United States can't even own one Bitcoin. So there is a demand and supply issue that comes into consideration, and that's why I do think Coinbase is justified at this very lofty valuation of $100 billion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just shows you that the prices, I mean, I guess you can't ever say for sure, but it seems like the prices can only go higher with that demand. Well, volatility, be very careful. This will certainly be a proxy. So if you see a pullback of 10 or 15% in the very volatile price of Bitcoin, this will be correlated. You will see Coinbase fluctuate. So you have to have a stomach for it. You never want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want a diversification. But if you're looking for some type of exposure, we like owning companies. We actually run a model that gives us some type of proxy or some type of correlation to Bitcoin. So think of Tesla. Think of MicroStrategy. Think of Square, even PayPal. This is just another name in that basket that we like to own that gives us some exposure. But Coinbase really is getting a lot of attention. This is a watershed moment. 
for cryptocurrencies globally. And I think this really is a validation. You're going to see more and more cryptocurrencies, which is now a $2 trillion market cap globally. You're going to see it continue to grow, like it or not. Now, you see Dogecoin, it seems to have been really on a run here over the last few days. I guess just uh, it's just another sign that crypto is here to stay, and uh, it, it's got to be at least a small part of everyone's portfolio. High tide lifts all boats, right, Cisco? So Dogecoin, you look at Polkadot, you look at Tron, you look at so many different cryptocurrencies that are really participating in this enthusiasm. We don't know if Bitcoin is going to be the one, but Bitcoin at the CME Group is where the futures are traded. Ethereum now futures are traded. So you're seeing more of this global adoption. It really rewinds back to where we were last October when PayPal announced that they were going to allow their 350 million users to transact in cryptocurrency. You can buy and transact and sell things with cryptocurrencies. Once we saw that, that took the price of Bitcoin from about $12,000 to here we are now nearly at $65,000. So this global adoption, it's real. You have to embrace it, but you have to be very careful of how you're approaching this because the volatility is very different than a typical stock market that you own like a blue chip name like GM or GE. Yeah, it can be big swings day to day. Thank you so much, Jeff Kilberg, CEO of KKM Financial. Just ahead, Arlington Park gets ready for what is expected to be its final run. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Tickets go on sale at noon tomorrow for what is likely to be the final season at historic Arlington Park in the northwest suburbs. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line is Tony Petrillo, president of Arlington International Racecourse. Uh, Tony, tickets go on sale. I'm, I'm guessing even among staffers, there's some nostalgia here for this racing season. Oh, yes, this is definitely uh, remembering Arlington and making memories at our new memories at Arlington. So when it comes to people who are going to buy these tickets and they're going to come through the door, you know, we're, we're still in this COVID thing. What is it going to look like to actually see races there on race days? Well, we're limited to 4,500 spectators out of our 32,000 capacity. So it's going to be a little bit lighter than usual, but I think there's going to be a lot of energy and enthusiasm with people that, you know, need to get outside and scream a little and cheer for their horse. Talk about the experience. A lot of people have seen horse racing on TV, maybe at an off-track betting facility, but a lot of people have not been there in person. Talk about just the difference of seeing it in person. Well, you know, you get to see, just like you see an athlete in a football game or a baseball game up close, you know, you get to see the horses, their behaviors, kind of their personality attributes. You know, you get to see them sweat. Really, you see horses get focused and, and ready to race. This is what they're trained to do, and this is what they do every day is prepare for this event. And they know it's race day because their morning routines change. So you can actually see them ready to go, and then... You know, when they get out on the track, you just—it's just that horsepower is just revving their engine, ready to get into the gate. So, forty-five hundred spectators—is this pretty much just adults? Do you try to make it a family affair? Well, because of COVID nineteen restrictions, we no longer have our pony rides, petting zoos, a lot of the interactive things, the music festivals, and so forth that we had on Fridays. So, really, it's this is going to be a true racing experience, but it'll always be this socialization experience that you get with family and friends. Are you already thinking about where you may move the racing to when you sell this property? Well, if it were by my choice, I would just move it about 100 feet. But that's not my choice. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? I'm sure there, it's a long process of scouting out new locations. Yeah, and, you know, there's always there's something in the hopper. And, you know, one that's one thing we're very uh, happy to hear is that Churchill Downs is going to invest substantial amounts of monies to 
continue its uh, investment in thoroughbred racing in Illinois. All right. Thanks for bringing us up to date. We'll have you back on when, uh, well, maybe when we have a new location. Tony Petrillo, president of Arlington International Racecourse, beginning the final season at that location. Still ahead, Personal Finance Wednesday. Useful money advice. You may not want to hear it. You need to, though. It's coming up. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A police officer in Minnesota will be charged with manslaughter in the shooting of a black man during a traffic stop. A special report from CBS News is next. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. Certain pieces of money advice may seem obvious, but that doesn't lessen their importance. MasterCard wants to help consumers go green with a carbon calculator for each purchase. On the markets, the Dow up 188 points. The Nasdaq is down 41. And the S&P is up 2 points. Oil is up a little more than 5%. It's back in the $63 range. We have sunshine and clear skies throughout your day. The next several days are looking pretty good. Right now, it's 45 degrees. CBS News Special Report. She shot and killed 20-year-old Dante Wright during a routine traffic stop three days ago. And now that former officer Kim Potter is under arrest. WCCO-TV's Marielle Mose is in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Former officer for the Brooklyn Center Police Department, Kim Potter, was arrested and booked at the Hennepin County Jail. She was charged with second-degree manslaughter, and if found guilty, she could face up to 10 years in prison and pay a fine of $20,000 or both. Ben Crump represents the Wright family. As I've said before, I've been a civil rights attorney for the balance of my professional career, but I've been black all my life. And I know we can never ever take for granted in America that a police officer will be held accountable for killing a black person unjustly no matter how much evidence we have. Potter was with the department for 26 years. CBS News Special Report, I'm Matt Piper. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are mixed this afternoon. The Dow up 190. The NASDAQ is down 43, and the S&P is up two points. Let's see what's going on. Jim Awad is here, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC. Jim, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, the bank earnings were generally good, especially um, uh, Goldman Sachs blew away by every metric. Uh, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo were uh, better than expected, but their core business of, of lending net interest income has not yet started to improve. So they were they were mixed to slightly positive. And then, of course, you've got this uh, Coinbase uh, uh, offering, which I think is um, uh, fascinating, confusing, and enthralling everybody. And I think um, uh, what's happening to the NASDAQ is people are selling NASDAQ positions to uh, participate in this new offering. Offering, uh, which seems to be making history in terms of the valuation. Yeah, it sure is. In fact, it started out just a few minutes ago at 381. It's already well above $400. Uh, what does that say in general, Jim, about crypto and whether investors, I mean, at this point, can you not, can you afford not to have at least a little crypto in your portfolio? Yeah, well, it's, it seems to have gained legitimacy over the last several months. Uh, even the skeptics will tell you that it's being adopted more and more. 
and so, yes, if you're young and you're thinking out in, in, in decades term, decades terms, you should probably have uh, a small portion of your money into it. The real test will come during the next period of, of higher interest rates and declining economic activity. We'll learn how much of this was a speculative bubble based on easy money and how much was the birth of a new, um, a new currency. And I think uh, the answer will be somewhere in between. So I'm not sure I'd go out and buy it at uh, 400. But what I would say is uh, strategically, if you're young, you have to think about getting yourself positioned to have some participation in uh, digital currency. Yeah, interested in, in what you think about valuation specifically, if all of this money wasn't going into cryptocurrency because of the easy money, speculation, that sort of thing, it seems like a lot of that money would be in more traditional stocks. And, and I'm wondering, I mean, it seems like some of these stocks would be even more overvalued than they already are. Well, also, some of, some of the money would be in bonds, which usually pay a lot more than, than they currently pay. I mean, there was a day where you could put your money in a bond and get 4 5 6% as opposed to 1%. Uh, uh, so, so that would happen. And then, of course, the money would, uh, uh, would, would find its way into to other equities. But also, there's a lot of margin debt being incurred where people are borrowing money uh, to buy crypto, so there would be there would be less margin debt, less speculation uh, in the market. So it would be a combination of of less margin debt, more bonds, and more equity. Yesterday we got the news that the J and J vaccines being paused. Uh, still a lot of other vaccine doses, Moderna, Pfizer. So it's not like they're going to have people who are not able to get vaccinated. And yet, do you think that will have an impact on some of these travel stocks, airlines, cruise lines? They, they were hoping, you know, hotels hoping to really get back to business. Only transitory, because uh, we're, we're, we're right at the point, the experts say, where supply is going to exceed demand uh, with, the, with the Moderna and the Pfizer. So we will open up and uh, well, we will eventually get herd immunity and people will be flying and traveling. Uh, so I think uh, Johnson & Johnson is unfortunate. It's probably only temporary and they were not a big player in the marketplace. Uh, NASDAQ pulling back a little bit today. Any concern at all with prices in the tech sector or is that still poised for growth? Yeah, no. Now that bond yields have settled down, there was a point a few weeks ago where uh, long-term interest rates were going up so consistently and so fast uh, that it started to affect the duration of Nasdaq stocks, which are, which are long-duration assets. But bonds have settled down, and you've closed the gap between performance, between uh, growth and value. You've narrowed it. And I would say people at this point can own both. You can, uh, you can barbell own some, some value, some reopening stocks, and some secular growth stocks. Because, you know, uh, when you look out to 2022 and 2023, growth is going to be a little slower. Interest rates and inflation are going to be a little bit higher. And uh, the cyclical stocks will have gotten their run, and you're going to want to own some enduring growth stocks. Thanks for all the analysis. That's Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC. Up next, Personal Finance Wednesday, keeping an open mind to some basic but very important money advice. Buy, sell, listen. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by Mesero Wealth Management. Sometimes the most important financial strategies can be basic, maybe even boring, but that doesn't mean you should ignore it. They are important. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, always love talking with you. So what's boring, basic, yet important? Kind of give us the number one topic. 
Yeah, boring, basic, important, yet responsible. And part number one is we say it all the time, Cisco, you gotta have a budget. You have to be willing to say no thank you at times. And if you don't start telling your money where to go, you're going to end up wondering where it went. And the key to getting retired and staying retired is having mastery over our money. And that's why the budget is mission critical. It's part number one. And yet it feels so constraining, right? What do you tell people? How do you tell them so that it becomes a positive instead of feeling like a straitjacket? Well, I think the way we do that is let's recognize why we're budgeting in the first place, why we're going to have command over our money. When we have an extremely compelling and crystal clear vision of our future, what it is that we're working towards, it doesn't feel so painful. It doesn't feel nebulous. But when we're just saving money for the sake of saving money, it's not clearly defined. We don't get that same reward going through the exercise. How important, regardless of how old you are, how important is life? Life insurance, I was just talking with a young couple about that. They're just getting married, and and I was trying to tell them, hey, you, you need this even though you don't have kids yet. You know what? If you're married, you have kids. In fact, I would argue if you have anybody that you are financially responsible for, you've got to do the responsible thing, which is you've got to get yourself insured. You know, I ask people all the time, what's your most valuable asset? And they go, oh, it's my 401k. Oh, it's the equity in my home. No, it's all about your ability to earn income. So going out and securing insurance, especially dirt cheap term insurance, I think that's mission critical for people that have ones that they love. Yeah, it really provides for them. In the case of that loss of income because of a death, it it makes sure at least in those initial years that they're okay. They don't have to start scrambling right after a death. That's right, Cisco. And you know what? There's never enough money. But I tell people all the time, you know, insurance isn't meant to make those that you love independently wealthy if you become an angel overnight. Insurance is just meant to make things okay. It's a Band-Aid on an otherwise awful situation. But tomorrow's promise to no man, no woman, make sure you work with someone that can secure dirt cheap term insurance to protect your loved ones. Thinking about the job situation, especially long term and again especially speaking to those younger folks who are just entering the market now for a job uh, is it just get the one that can pay the most I mean what, what are you looking for Well, you know, everyone struggles with this, you know, and I think you know what we've talked about at the wealth management group all the time is you know the atypical do something that you love or don't underestimate the power of doing something that allows you to pursue what you love, meaning pursuing a job that's going to pay you enough money that you can then save and go and look at your passions. I mean, you know, some people are fortunate and they find both, but the world is willing to pay for talent. And what we've got to do is do a deep introspection on what is it that we're actually good at, because that's how we're going to get rewarded. That's how we're going to earn an income. That's how we're going to be able to put money away for our future. So, you know, it's a fine, delicate line, but people really need to take a look with the end in mind. What are their goals? Where do they want to be? And then reverse engineer their talents to put them in a place to be financially successful. All right. Final question to you. If you're investing, I mean, if not, hopefully you begin investing something. uh, What should you be thinking about in terms of that portfolio, especially if you're just starting out? Well, given the topic today is plain, boring, vanilla, yet responsible and effective financial advice, I want to remind everybody that you just 
have to diversify. I mean, diversifying your portfolio, last time I checked, is the only free lunch when it comes down to investing. And even though we all know it, there's this temptation. We all ride momentum. We all ride the hot stocks. But remember, eventually everything reverts to the mean, and diversifying your portfolio is a surefire way to increase the consistency of your results so you can work towards getting retired and staying retired. It's all about diversity. Thanks so much for all the advice. That is Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. That's Personal Finance Wednesday, this time tomorrow, Technology Thursday. Still to come, how a major credit card company wants to help you live green. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. MasterCard is introducing a calculator. It will help consumers measure their environmental impact. Let's get more details. Ted Rossman is here, industry analyst at creditcards.com. Ted, tell us here, what's MasterCard doing? They have this new calculator, Cisco, that is available through some of their bank and credit card partners. And basically, it uses approximations to tell you what your carbon footprint is for various purchases. So they use averages for categories like home and garden, food and beverage, shopping, transportation. I think really the end goal here is A, raising awareness, and then B, potentially tying in with rewards. One of their initial partners on this is First Hawaiian Bank, and they're unveiling this opportunity to use some of your rewards points for environmentally friendly things like, you know, planting trees and otherwise reducing your carbon footprint. So will this show up on people's bills? Is it, I mean, certainly not the sort of thing that you see at the checkout line, right? It's really an optional program that some banks are going to be offering and some customers can choose to look at if they want. There's really nothing mandatory or binding about it, but I do think that it's part of this new trend of people being more cause conscious. In this case, we're talking about the environment, but there's other aspects to this too. You know, there's some credit cards that will help you raise money for breast cancer research or other charities. Uh, There's another credit and debit card offered by a company called Aspiration that's also really appealing to people's goodwill towards the planet. So things like planting trees, reducing your carbon footprint, especially young adults like these kind of purpose-based marketing programs. Really shows you that purpose-based, as you say, it shows you that there are other ways of reaching consumers and grabbing them other than rewards and sort of what they get out of it. That's right. And I think it's to each their own. I mean, we all have different things we're passionate about. One real asterisk I would put by this financial trend, though, is that sometimes you're better off, let's say, earning 2% cash back and just giving that to your favorite charity or environmental cause. Sometimes these purpose-based marketing programs come with lesser rewards. So like, whereas you could earn 1% on the charity charge MasterCard, maybe you should just get better rewards on a card that's not tied to any charity and then do with that as you will. Sometimes there's a little bit of lost value in the marketing spin. Thanks so much, Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.